Shalom, shalom, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Pulse of Israel here in our eternal and ancestral homeland, the land of Israel. In our eternal and undivided, in our eternal and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. All right, today we are going to, to do a deep dive for the Israeli elections. And once again, I am a guy that I like to be thankful and have gratitude. And I'm going to say thank you to Mark Zuckerberg, the leader, decider, ideologue of Facebook, who after uh, banning me from Facebook for a month and a half, not able to do anything, brought me back just in time that I can provide input and thoughts into the Israeli elections. So thank you, Marky, for allowing me, yes, allowing me to uh, use my Facebook account and reach out to people who follow me. And again, anyone who does not yet receive my Pulse of Israel daily video newsletters, that is the best way to ensure you stay in touch with me and hear what I have to say because I'm on Facebook on borrowed time. I'm on all social media channels on borrowed time saying the politically incorrect truth about all the issues out there dealing with the culture war and uh, everything else that I'm vocal about in order to try to help people strengthen their Jewish identity, strengthen their connection to Israel, strengthen the freedom-loving spirit to survive in this ultra-progressive, regressive, really regressive world we are living in, well, the best way to stay in touch with me and keep up with what I have to say is to go to pulseofisrael.com and, and click subscribe to receive my daily video newsletters. All right, another note of gratitude. That's the way I like to live life, attitude of gratitude. That's what Judaism is all about. The Jewish people are all about. That's what the Torah is all about. All the brachot, all, all the blessings we say, all the prayers we say. It's all about living daily in attitude of gratitude. So before I do the deep dive into the election stuff and to each party and my thoughts and everything, I want to play. I want to first play this very important song to get into the mood to show my appreciation. Putting the election craziness aside, which divides us, it's really crazy. It's a it's a dividing factor, even if we don't want to be divided. But politics, elections, it's automatically divisive. I want to bring in some positivity and to be thankful for everything we have, for having the land of Israel, for having our lives, for having the Jewish people, for having the world, for being able to make a difference in this world. So here we go. Some gratitude. All right, let's bring it up. music thank you hashem for those not familiar with the hebrew hashem is god this is a song all about being thankful to god that's it thank you hashem thank you god for everything thank you for the land of israel thank you for being alive thank you for living in this generation with such unbelievable miracles of the Jewish people being back home sovereign in our homeland. Everything's good. Everything's good. God is good. Hodu Lashem Kitov, being thankful to God because he is good. 
Guys, and then it goes into thank you, Hashem. There we go. Thank you, Hashem, everybody. All right. So on that note, let's go into the dirty politics of another election season. So this is what we're up against this this, uh, election. And we are very much in a similar process in Israel as America or maybe other, other Western countries. And that is policy. Voting on policy has been pushed aside for voting on personality, voting on spin, voting on propaganda, voting on extremism, right? I want to bring everyone back to be voting on policy, because one thing taking place in Israel today, after years, after 30 years of a legal media witch hunt against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, a lot of Israelis who used to vote for Netanyahu and be strong supporters of Netanyahu because they appreciated how he is one of the best prime ministers of Israel who helped Israel become a powerhouse, not just economically, not just defensively, but diplomatically. He's one of the most sought after leaders in the world by world leaders, by politicians around the world. Even with that situation and appreciating everything he has done to help Israel, there has been a souring of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, again, because of a 30-year witch hunt, which has culminated in multiple uh, court cases against him by Israel's Attorney General's office, which cases are in the courts as we speak. So there are plenty of Israelis who used to support Netanyahu and used to vote for Netanyahu, who right now are soured on Netanyahu. And there is a very big anti-Netanyahu movement with politicians, political parties, and many Israelis who used to work together with Netanyahu, who no longer want to vote for him and are even willing to vote for left-wing, center-left-wing politicians and parties just because they no longer like Netanyahu. And I just want to put things into perspective because, like I told you just a moment ago, there are court cases sitting in Israeli courts right now against Netanyahu uh, about corruption, about all different types of stuff like that. But here's the thing. Whereas last elections, that was the main point of the media. The media was pounding. Again, it's a left-wing, anti-Bibi Netanyahu, anti-right-wing media, right? The establishment media. It's left in Israel as well, not just in America. And the, 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 the media was pumping out the stories about the different cases. And with each day, it was another it was another court case against him and more information against Netanyahu and more information, another court case against him, right? That was the news, the run-up to election day, right? It was trying to push people away from voting for Netanyahu. Guess what? We're just a little over a year later. The court cases against Netanyahu are falling apart, falling apart, okay? The attorney general's office is being exposed as being on a political witch hunt against former prime minister Benjamin Netanyahu. It seems like all the cases are have, have really no, uh, no uh, um, evidence whatsoever to really be able to nail Netanyahu on any of the claims against him of corruption, et cetera. And 
the media is not talking about the court cases against Netanyahu. When they report on Netanyahu, they they automatically Pavlovian, they just say, oh, and former Prime Minister Netanyahu who is being indicted for corruption. They're not touching the court cases because the court cases are falling apart, okay? Um, and that just gives you some of the perspective of what we are experiencing. We are experiencing a political environment when many of Netanyahu's followers no longer want to vote for him because they have been poisoned to him thinking he is corrupt because of a 30-year witch hunt by the media and the legal system against Netanyahu, which is falling apart. And they have no case against him to prove that he was corrupt because he wasn't corrupt. They were just on a witch hunt against him. So this is a backdrop for the situation of what we have. Now, what's going on between the different parties? So let's go through the, the, the current parties, the current parties in the government. So first of all, we had Naftali Bennett's Yamina party. He was the prime minister of Israel and an alternate prime minister of Israel. He led the, the Yamina party. He only had six seats, a tiny party, and yet he was able to finagle using politics to become prime minister of Israel. His party no longer exists, right? The, basically, much of the public um, uh, soured on him of his own voters because many people believe that even though he professed to be right and he was a strong right-wing leader for many years and, and he promised not to make a government with the left, not only did he make a government with the left, he made a government with the terror-supporting Muslim Brotherhood Ram Party, which is like beyond the pale until, until this government. Um, and many people have soured on him basically turning against his right-wing credentials, his right-wing ideology, what he, his leadership for many years of the right. Um, and the government fell, his party's fallen apart, he's not even running anymore. The continuation of his party is his partner, Ayelet Shaked, who is now the head of the Bayit Yehudi party. They renamed, she renamed the party what it used to be. And it was actually a party started by Ayelet Shaked, uh, Naftali Bennett, and their partner, who no longer is alive, but Rav Ronsky, right? They three set up this new party called Bayit Yehudi years ago. It became a huge, uh, a popular party within the right. Um, they then left that party, started new parties, and now Ayala Chaked, now that she is no longer together with Naftali Bennett, former prime minister, uh, she is now positioning herself on the right, the head of this Bayit Yehudi party. But again, just as people are soured and disappointed and angry at Naftali Bennett, his own voters, for setting up the left-wing party, uh, many of her own voters and, and past supporters are angry at her, and she is fighting really for every single vote in order to pass the threshold to get enough votes to get into the Knesset. Uh, we'll get into that in a second. Why should people, why would people be voting for the for Ayala Shaked and the Bayit UD party? One, either because they supported her and they supported her up until this point, even with her joining the, the left-wing government together with Naftali Bennett. Um, even though she has apologized for doing so, she is admitting that it was a mistake. Um, uh, and she does have strong right-wing credentials, even as part of this left government together with her party and her leader, Naftali Bennett. She very much held 
the right flank and uh, stopped the left from getting away from doing things that are against the, the principles and the policies that were agreed upon when the left and right made that government. Um, so there are many people who still want to vote for her. Plenty of people who would want to vote for her, but because the party might not cross the threshold, according to the polls, they are thinking not to vote for her. And that's really the big issue. If enough people who are questioning, should I vote because it's not going to pass the threshold, will those people vote or not? And that's the big deciding factor, whether she will, uh, her party, the Biden party, will get enough votes to pass the threshold and get in and and and, and become part of the next uh, Knesset, the next parliament, which the minority of votes necessary gives a minority of four seats. So potentially she can get four or five seats if she gets enough votes. Now let's move on to Yesh Atid and Yair Lapid. Yair Lapid is today's current prime minister. He's the one who made the agreement, the alternate prime minister agreement together with Naftali Bennett to make it like a 50-50 government where neither the left or right will push forward their own agendas and each one will work together on all the 80% of issues to help Israeli society, putting the ideological issues aside. Um, and now he's running without, now he's running to be prime minister for his party, Yesh Atid. And it's basically the going to be the second largest party behind Likud, if polls are correct. It, they, that is a center-left party, way more popular than the other center left or left-wing parties. Um, and still, according to the polls, seems like it's smaller than Bibi Netanyahu's Likud party. What does Yair Lapid stand for? Yair Lapid announced to the United Nations just a few weeks ago that he supports the establishment of the two-state solution, basically for the establishment, and if anyone follows me, you understand, of a terror-supporting state called Palestine. It is clear for years with the Palestinian Authority and Hamas teaching their children in kindergarten to hate Jews, kill Jews, and destroy the Jewish state of Israel, that a two-state solution based two-state solution doesn't solve any problem. It would only exacerbate the problem. It would embolden the Palestinian Authority and Hamas to further their terrorism against Israel in their uh, in, in, in their plan to destroy the Jewish state of Israel, both the Palestinian Authority and Hamas, their charters clearly state to destroy the, the, the Jewish state of Israel. So whether it is stupidity or whether it is naivete, anyone who still believes in the two-state solution, uh, it, that's the recipe for Israel's destruction, the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel. Palestinian Authority has to be declared an enemy, you know, right? And we still don't have the political leaders with the guts to do that publicly. Even Prime Minister Netanyahu never did that publicly. But the Palestinian Authority is an enemy. They are always, they are paid a slave. They pay terrorists who kill Jews. Uh, they teach them to kill Jews already in kindergarten and throughout their education, through through their educational materials and textbooks, etc. Obviously, Hamas does that as well. And the fact that our sitting prime minister and his party believe in the establishment of the two-state solution and that he announced it at the United Nations in a time period when there is no international pressure, there's no international pressure upon Israel. Bibi Netanyahu was prime minister for years when there was international pressure upon Israel to give away our land and to establish the state of Palestine. And he did what he stood his ground 
and defended Israel not to allow that to happen. He always put conditions. He always he always gave up the the, the minority. The, sorry, the, the the minimum of what he would have to give in order to placate the world and their pressure upon Israel to move forward, to move forward and have this terror state called Palestine created. Uh, so that was he was always working under the conditions of being pressured under from from the world, from the United Nations, from the United States, European countries, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. There is no such pressure today, and yet we had our prime minister, even though this, the whole notion of a two-state solution has been killed, dead, and yet our prime minister, Prime Minister Yair Lapid, went to the United Nations and announced his support for that. It just shows that it's more of an ideological, ideological position, even though in reality, most Israelis today know that there is no peace partner. Palestinian Authority is not a peace partner. Hamas is definitely not a peace partner. They both want to destroy the state of Israel. They both support terror. And yet he announced support for that. So anyone who supports the two-state solution, yes, vote for Yair Lapid. There you go. But in addition to that, uh, he has also stated publicly that he wants to uh, negate, he wants to annul the nation-state law. The nation-state law was instituted a few years ago, which basically... Uh, you it makes it a law that the Supreme Court would have to use that the Jewish state of Israel is the Jewish state of Israel. Because over the years, the Supreme Court, which is very progressive, has been chipping away at the character, the Jewish character of the Jewish state of Israel. Because the Supreme Court looks at laws and they say, hey, we're a democracy. Well, democracy, there can't be any special privileges for Jews over non-Jews, which makes sense for a democracy. But on the other hand, Israel is the Jewish state of Israel. This is a tiny country, the only country for the Jewish people to live on. We have to ensure that the anthem remains an anthem that applies to the Jewish state of Israel, that, uh, that in terms of land and zoning and schooling, that there are certain issues that are special, that, are, that stay put in terms of... Uh, ensuring that the Jewish character of the Jewish state of Israel remains, because the second that the Supreme Court negates the, the, the essence that this is a Jewish state, then they, little by little, they're going to get rid of all of the provisions that the calendar goes according to a Jewish calendar, right? The, the second they believe that it's not, it's only a democracy and not a Jewish state, well, there's no reason for the calendar to be a Jewish calendar. Oh, everyone can worship their, their, their holidays. Everyone has freedom and equality and liberty to live their lives. There is, there is no coercion to go according to Jewish rules. There are no Jewish rules. But that the, the character of the state remained a Jewish character of state of the state. So this nation-state law was passed to ensure that the Supreme Court does not does not make uh just does not make decisions that negate the Jewish character of the state of Israel in various laws. And Lapid, current prime minister of the Yeshati party, publicly supports getting rid of that law, which again would allow the Supreme Court to weaken the Jewish character of the state of Israel and basically make Israel uh, like France or Britain or Spain or whatever other country that it just happens to have a country and it's a democracy according to the according to the, the population, uh, but no Jewish character to the state of Israel. And this is our only country and we are supposed to be the Jewish people living in our country and the reason that Arab Muslims and Christians and Jews and Baha'i are able to live here 
with peace and security and freedom and liberty, liberties is because it is the Jewish state of Israel. Because if, it, if the Arabs have the power and they change this country to be according to their standards, well, Israel will be a failed Muslim state like the rest of the Middle East, where no one has freedom, no one has liberty, no one has equality, and you're persecuted if you are not according to the leading group who runs the country. So the best way to ensure peace and prosperity and freedom and liberty for all Israeli citizens, Jews and non-Jews alike, especially the Arab Muslims, is for Israel to remain a Jewish state of Israel. So this nation state law is important. So if people agree that uh, the two-state solution or in negating this nation-state law, then vote for Yair Lapid, right? But if you believe, but if you believe that the, the Jewish character of the state of Israel is important and that the two-state solution is not a solution and is, and is bad, well, don't vote for Yair Lapid because that's what he stands for. And another thing just recently, and I just put a Pulse of Israel video out there, is that uh, he has a total misunderstanding about the Arab Muslim violence against us. But he ignores the fact that the Palestinian Authority and Hamas uh, teach their kids already in kindergarten to hate Jews, to kill Jews, to destroy the Jewish state of Israel. And he blames Jews for the Arab Muslim violence. All right, he just said so in a video. I just made a video about it. Uh, so just go to pulseofisrael.com. Look at one of the last videos. It's your Lapid, uh, misunderstanding of Arab Muslim violence. Check it out. You can't have a leader who misunderstands our enemy's desire to destroy us and kill us. That's not a leader. He's he's dangerous. That's not a leader. He endangers us. Right? That's the Lapid. Anyone who supports that stuff, vote for him. But any right winger who is upset at Bibi and thinks he's corrupt because of the witch hunt against him, uh, because he wasn't strong enough, etc. Well, if you plan on voting for Lapid, that's what you can get. Someone who, who has a misunderstanding of our situation in Israel, misunderstanding of the desire of our enemies to kill us and destroy us, uh, wants to negate the Jewish character of the state of Israel, and wants to set up a terror state called Palestine. That's Yair Lapid. All right, let's go to Benny Gantz, defense minister. He's someone else that people are considering voting for because they're disappointed, disappointed in Bibi Netanyahu. So Benny Gantz, again, he publicly stated he, wa he wants to set up Jerusalem, split Jerusalem, and have it be the capital of a state called Palestine. He also supports the, the failed terror state, two-state solution. That's Benny Gantz. And not only that, Benny Gantz has allowed, under his, uh, his uh, leadership at the defense ministry, there's been an 80% rise in illegal Arab building across Judea and Samaria, basically allowing for the de facto takeover of Jewish Israel state land in Judea and Samaria for there to be a de facto creation of a state called Palestine, a terrorist state called Palestine. This is happening all across Judea and Samaria, an 80% jump in illegal building all across Judea and Samaria on Israeli Jewish state land. And it's not only happening in open areas, it's specifically happening um, uh, around Jewish communities to suffocate us and endanger us. Just a few weeks ago, a friend and neighbor, him and his family were shot in their home from an illegal Arab house built on the outskirts of our town of Efrat. So it is legal, it is essentially a danger a danger that Defense Minister uh, Benny Gantz is ignoring and allowing and doing nothing to stop. So again, this is someone who 
supports the, the creation of a, of a terror state called the state of Palestine. He has allowing the Palestinian Arabs to basically create this state with illegal building, 80% jump of illegal building. On top of that, he publicly supported, uh, he publicly supported um, support for sacrificing the lives of IDF Golani soldiers in Gaza um, instead of having them shoot at terrorists who were shooting rockets from a hospital and trying to kill innocent Israelis. Why was he proud of it? He goes, he's proud because that's the morally correct thing, because uh, he didn't want innocent civilians being used as human shields by Hamas terrorists in the hospital to, to potentially be shot and killed by our soldiers. So instead of having our soldiers who were right there, they were right there, instead of having them shoot at the terrorists to have them stop shooting rockets at Israeli civilians, he held them back and allowed Hamas to continue shooting the rockets. That is not a leader. And he was our and, and he was the head of our army too. That is an immoral, that is a moral inversion of morality. Uh, you have to, to save life. We, we, we have to stop them in order to save, to save people's lives. And they're the ones using human shields. And we didn't even know or not. But still, he told them to stand down, and he and he risked their lives, and he's proud, and he's and he was publicly proud of risking their lives uh, in not stopping the terrorists from shooting in the in the in the hospital. So that is Benny Gantz. So again, you support all those things, vote for Benny Gantz in blue and white. But if you're a BB supporter, disappointed in him, or thinking he's corrupt because of the witch hunt against him, then don't vote for Benny Gantz or Yair Lapid. They are going to be a danger as leaders for Israel, like they are already now. Those are those two center-left parties. Now, I want to give you the positive, all right? This is, this is important. In the, I, I focus on the positive, and I like looking at positive aspects, even in the negative. There was a positive trend taking place. Both Yair Lapid's Yeshatid party and Benny Gantz's Blue and White Party, little by little, are having more uh, right-wing religious people joining the party, right? They're trying to get right-wing religious people to vote for the party, okay? So by so they're having trying to have more right-wing uh, religious representatives part of the party to be in the parliament with them as part of that party. So on the one hand, I, I believe it's, I mean, it, it's a lie saying that it's going to be more of a right-wing party because the leader is Benny Gantz, the leader is Yair Lapid, they are left, they're, they're going to push their, their left agenda. But on the other hand, it is a positive trend in Israeli politics that the center-left parties are becoming, are becoming more center with actual representatives of the religious right in those parties. Will it make a huge difference in stopping their left-wing agenda, which is, in a sense, dangerous for Israel and dangerous for the, to maintain the Jewish character of the state of Israel? No, it won't stop their agendas, agendas, but it will slow it down and it will impact their agendas. And long-term, I think like, I look like that's a positive thing and that's a unifying thing uh, that, again, these center-left parties are having more representatives of the religious right in their parties. And that's my positive outlook, looking long-term to elections, seeing that more of the center-left parties are going to be more truly center, and it's going to a realignment of Israeli politics, so to say. I still would not advise anyone who, who believes that 
for they want a strong Israel and they want a strong Jewish state, Jewish character to the state of Israel, they shouldn't be voting for your Lapid's Yeshatid party or Benny Gantz's blue and white party for the policies that they represent, that they support, and that they're trying to put into action. But that's still, I believe, a long-term positive, a, a trend that hopefully will have a greater impact moving long-term. All right, now let's go to another party in the, in the government, Yisrael Bigtenu, Victor Lieberman. This is someone who used to be right, but today very firmly stands uh, um, in the left camp, in the anti-BB left camp, even though he built his power very much both on the anti-ultra-orthodox -ultra ticket as well as the anti-Arab ticket. Like, he's the one who uh, who basically wanted to push forward a law that uh, an Arab can only be a citizen if they're le if they're dedicated if if they're uh, if they're proud Israeli citizens right some type of uh, document they would have to sign yes I'm proud to be an Israeli citizen even though they're Arab Muslims living in Israel he's the one who pushed that and today he sat in the government with the terror supporting Jew destruction of Israel supporting Muslim Brotherhood Ram Party. Um, he very much pushed himself on the left, even though he himself lives in Judea and Samaria. Uh, he only lives like 20 minutes away from me in Judea and Samaria. And he used to be an, uh, an advisor to, to former Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu and worked for the Likud party. But because of his hatred for, Le for Bibi Netanyahu, he now has placed himself firmly in the camp, the anti-Bibi and the left the camp of the left that I don't see him joining a right-wing government unfortunately even though some of his views are right but again he's placing himself to align with the left that's a Victor Lieberman's party then we go again the other party in the coalition well very left is Meretz Meretz is very much a post-Zionist party they do not want Israel to be a Jewish state uh, they totally support the two-state solution. They'll get, they'll expel me from my homes, even though they're hypocrites. They would never get rid of their homes, even though most of their homes are built on destroyed Arab communities uh, within Greater Israel uh, that were destroyed after the 1948 war. But they're the hypocrites. They won't, they won't give up their home. But my home that was built on a barren hill in Judea and Samaria, all the Jewish communities in Judea and Samaria were built on barren hills. Well, they will expel us because they lie and say, oh, that we've taken homes of the Arabs, we're taking the homelands of the Arabs, even though it's Jewish homeland for over 3,000 years, and our homes and communities were built on barren hills. Uh, that's merits, post-Zionist, anti-Jewish anti states, uh, very left, all right? Then we have the, the Ram Muslim Brotherhood Party, nothing more to say about that, except they are stealth, right? The Muslim Brotherhood is about being stealth. This is in America as well. There are Muslim organizations in America associated with the Muslim Brotherhood Party. They were in the White House during the Obama administration. They're probably in the White House now with the Biden administration. And the ideology of the Muslim Brotherhood is basically to, uh, in, to, to uh, infiltrate uh, the culture, infiltrate government, um, fight for the Muslims' rights. And then once they're a majority or once they have more power then overtake the general public with the muslim brotherhood islamic islamist ideology and enforce that upon the public uh so that's the ram party so they're stealth and unfortunately more, most israelis think oh it's nice having an arab party in the government yes but they're stealth 
They're about taking over and destroying the Jewish state of Israel. And they don't support the Jewish state of Israel. I'm fine having an Arab party of Arab Israelis who are proud to be citizens of Israel, knowing how blessed they are to have freedom and equality and liberty, living as Israeli citizens, even though they're Arab Muslims. Those are the type of Arab Muslims and the type of parties of Arabs and the Israelis in the Israel parliament Knesset that should be there. And they should be normalized. But not the Muslim Brotherhood Party, not the joint Arab lists that are all that, that are already in the Knesset, who who all have representatives who support terror and support the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel. And it's only because of the Supreme Court, and that's the pinnacle of the problem, that that has to be changed in order for uh, in order for Israel really to move forward. Changes must be made to the judicial system in the Supreme Court, because even though Israel has laws on the books that. Knesset members or parties that support terror or do not support the, the, the existence of the Jewish state of Israel, they are forbidden for running or sitting in Israel's parliament. Uh, Israel's Supreme Court election after election allows these parties and their representatives who support destroying the Jewish state of Israel and supporting terror against Israel to run and sit in Israel's Knesset. So the problem is the Supreme Court and we need parties who will make the changes to realign Israel's democracy so there is a check checks and balances necessary between the different powers of the Supreme Court of the executive and the legislative right we need checks and balances right now the Supreme Court has placed itself as an activist court above everything they can shoot down everything any law any idea everything they shoot down any appointment that they don't like that doesn't go according to their progressive ideology so changes we need the parties that will want to make the changes to the supreme court and the judicial system to realign the checks and balances of the, the balances of power between the executive legislative and judicial uh, to strengthen israel's democracy all right and all the parties on the left uh they are against that likud now we're going to get to the uh, so the to the right flank likud is center right and there are those within likud that support the changes to the judicial system uh bibi netanyahu has not allowed for the changes to happen whether because he had coalition partners in the past that vetoed those changes from happening or whether he didn't want to be viewed as making those changes when the judicial system was attacking him and going after him uh, but no changes were made to the judicial system when Bibi Netanyahu was prime minister. And that's one of the biggest complaints against him by me and many others, and, and very disappointed that when he was in power, he didn't make the necessary changes. Well, today, more than ever, there is more public support than ever for the changes necessary to the judicial system, again, to realign the checks and balances so there, so to strengthen Israel's democracy and stop the judicial system and the Supreme Court from being on top and, and, and ruling everything without checks and balances. Um, so the only way we can have those changes to the judicial system and the Supreme Court is if we have a right-wing government, a full right-wing government, which means the right-wing parties need to get more than 61 seats. And here we're talking about the right and religious, okay? So we could center-right, Bibi. All right, let's put Bibi on the table. I'm the first to, to share with you, and I've shared over the years. I, on the one hand, Bibi has been the best prime minister for Israel ever. He's made Israel into a, a financial economic powerhouse, a uh, security powerhouse, a uh, high-tech powerhouse. I mean, he's he single-handedly made Israel to be a light to the nations in so many ways. There are plenty of things I dis, I, I'm disappointed with Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. Benjamin Netanyahu, and those of you who follow me know, I was extremely vocal against the government 
COVID policies and the and the green vaccine passport policies that went against science. Um, and here in Israel, it was Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu who forced that, even though all Israelis' political parties supported it. There wasn't any political party that 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 voiced any opposition uh, really to to all those government mandates um, and unscientific government mandates. Even though you say, oh, they were trying their best. No, there were enough scientists and doctors saying that. There was other information out there. It wasn't necessary to go in those directions. wasn't necessary uh, for lockdowns. It wasn't necessary for to, to, to force vaccinate a whole pop a whole population and to punish people if they don't. There was an, or were enough scientists and doctors out there, but they were shunned. They were shut down. They were shut up. So I've I have enough uh, complaints about Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu as Prime Minister. Whether that whether he didn't take care of the illegal building in Judea and Samaria, even though it, not to the extent of uh, of uh, of Benny Gantz now as defense minister. Um, he didn't take care of, of of allowing the police to take care of all the illegal building and crime of the Arab population down south and, uh, and in the north. I have plenty of complaints against Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu. But I do know most of the time Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu was prime minister. He was dealing with uh, one, tremendous international pressure, and on the other hand, internal Israeli pressure. He, he usually always had a, a flank of the left as part of his government who vetoed any of the policies uh, that he would have wanted to do to strengthen Israel, uh, and whether diplomatically, whether security-wise, etc. So he was under tremendous, tremendous pressure uh, when he was prime minister. I mean, he's lasted eight years of Obama, the most anti-Israel president ever, who definitely wanted to create a state, a terror state called Palestine and his watch. And for eight years, Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu, even though he did do concessions, he limited the concessions as much as possible, because while Obama wanted to create a state called Palestine, Bibi ended up putting conditions all the time and only doing the limited, limiting whatever concessions and giving away our land as little as possible. So again, I have plenty of uh, criti criticism of Prime Minister Benjamin Netanyahu when he was Prime Minister, but he is the one Prime Minister who stood up to international pressure the best. Uh, than any other prime minister, and he stands up for a strong Jewish state of Israel. He stands up for a strong Israel. Um, and when you look at the alternatives, Ayer Lapid, who who supports the creation of a terror state, two state solution, and weakening the, the Jewish character of the state of Israel, and a Benny Gantz who basically agrees on those points. And again. I wanted to de detail both of their policies earlier. Vote on policy. So even if you even if you don't aren't totally happy or you're disappointed with Benjamin Netanyahu, but on a policy level, Lapid and Gantz are extremely worse. So and yet and there are plenty of of Israelis thinking of voting uh, and right wing Israelis who because of their disappointment in Netanyahu because he wasn't right enough, they're thinking of voting for Lapid or Gantz who are totally to the left both in, in on the Jewish character of the state of Israel issues and in security issues. So it makes it makes no sense. Um, but the only way Prime Minister Netanyahu can make a government is if he gets 61 on the right. And yet there are those who, even if Israel, if the Israeli right gets 61 seats for the various right-wing parties, um, they're worried that, oh my God, 
he's going to, instead of Netanyahu making a, a government with, with the right-wing parties, the right religious parties, he's going to go to Gantz and Lapid to make a, a government with them. Because he has always done that. He's always wanted to have a left flank. He never wanted to be the left flank of his own governments. He always wanted the fig leaf of the left. And people are concerned today that even if right-wing parties, the right-wing religious, have over 61 seats to make a government, that Bibi will still go and bring in Lapid or Gantz. And there definitely will be tremendous pressure, tremendous international pressure, specifically from the Biden administration and from Jewish organizations in America, not to allow uh, the religious Zionist party of B'Tselah Smutrich and Itamar Ben-Gvir, Otsma Yudit, they're together, um, for them to be in the government and instead go, go to Gantz or Lapid and make a center, national unity government, so to speak, there'll be tremendous pressure for that to happen. But yet people on the right are so disappointed in all of the governments that have been right-left, whether under Bibi or this one of Naftali Bennett and Lapid, and they finally want a right-wing government that will stand up and defend Israel, not just from our enemies in Judea and Samaria and Gaza, from the Palestinian Authority of Hamas, but from the growing threat of Arab Muslim Israelis who see Israel as being weak, and they are raising their heads as a fifth column, being more brazen in their national crime and terror against fellow Israelis, Jewish Israelis. And we need a strong right-wing government that finally has the mandate to make the changes necessary to the police, to the justice system, where not only the, uh, are, are the IDF more emboldened to do what is necessary and for soldiers not to be afraid of shooting at terrorists in Judea and Samaria, but for our police to have the tools and the justice system to have the legal ability to give the police the legal ability to do everything to stop all of the crime and terror from the growing uh, Arab Muslim population within Israel who are Israeli citizens. And more and more Israelis want a strong right-wing government. They don't want the center-left or the left who who they blame, uh, they blame Arab violence on poverty and oppression, et cetera, et cetera. Even though the Arabs in Judea and Samaria are, are very, you see Land Rovers, you see Mercedes, you, you, you see all these unbelievable cars uh, driving Judea and Samaria, the Arabs driving, right? There plenty of Arabs are very, very rich. They're not suffering under, under any occupation. If they're poor, it's because of the, of the policies of the Palestinian Authority. And in Gaza, it's because of Hamas, the persecuting their own people. It's not Israel. And in Israel, Israeli Arabs also, they got the same cars. They have Mercedes, they have Land Rovers, they have beautiful homes, they have beautiful communities in Israel, Arab Israeli communities, Arab Muslim Israeli communities. The issue is not poverty. The issue is an ideological agenda to destroy the Jewish state of Israel. Not all Arabs, but some Arabs and enough Arabs to be a problem, to be a fifth column, which we already saw back in, I think it was May, June 2021, where Arab Israelis in joint Arab Jewish cities and up north and down south terrorized their Jewish neighbors, right? And the only ones who will stop this is a strong right-wing government. And the only prime minister we would have on a strong right-wing government is with Bibi Netanyahu as prime minister with Likud party being big enough to have the have Bibi Netanyahu be the prime minister. So people who want a right-wing government, on the one hand, we need a strong Likud, a strong, big Likud party. And then the biggest flank to the right of the Likud party would be the religious Zionist party. All right, that's basically the only alternative 
more right party than Likud that exists today. There used to be a few, now there's only one. And that again is with Pitsala Smutrich and Otsma Yehudit leader Itamar Ben-Gvir, the religious Zionist party. And there is a big surge in interest for voting for, for this party, again, because more and more Israelis are waking up and realizing we need a strong leader. And Itamar Ben-Gvir has been extremely strong. And people, the, the establishment media, the, the Jewish establishment media, the Israeli establishment media, they're doing everything to make Itamar Ben-Gvir look like a racist, to make him look like... Uh, like uh, horrible, so that people don't vote for him. But believe it or not, their whole um, negative campaign against them is just making people support them even more because he's saying the truth. He's not a racist. He's calling straight out, any Arab who supports the destruction of Israel should not live here. Pretty simple. They should be expelled. All right? Yes, once upon a time, Many years ago, he said he wanted to expel all the Arabs. Today, he's saying, no, I don't believe in that anymore. Today, I believe any Arab who supports the destruction of Israel cannot live here, whether in Judea and Samaria or whether in Israel as an Israeli citizen. They should all be expelled. They themselves don't support living here. There are plenty of places around the world they can live. They don't have to live here. There are over 20 Arab Muslim countries in the Middle East. Go live somewhere else. If you're against the country, if you don't like a country, go move somewhere else. And he, he believes in setting up a ministry to uh, give financial incentives. You, 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 don't wanna, you, don't, you don't like the Jewish state of Israel. You're not proud to be an Israeli citizen. You support destroying it. Well, here's some money. Go move somewhere else. That's, his, that's the policy he wants to implement. And believe it or not, a lot of Israelis are waking up and realizing, yes, that makes sense because we have too many, both Israeli citizens who are Arab Muslims, as well in Judea and Samaria, who support the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel, then don't live here. Go live somewhere else, right? This is the Jewish state of Israel. This is our ancestral homeland for over 3,000 years. We were we were worshiping our God in the temple uh, hundreds of years before Muhammad was even born, before Islam came to the world, right? Before you guys, when you guys were still idol worshipers in Saudi Arabia, even though it was not called Saudi Arabia at the time, right? So you, if you don't want to live here, right, even though your life is so good, Right? Your life is better. The life of Arab Muslims in Israel as Israeli citizens is better than if they live in the failed state of Lebanon, Jordan, Egypt, Syria, Iraq, Iran, right? They have great lives living here. And you still want to destroy Israel? Don't live here, right? That's Itamar Ben-Gvir. And a lot of Israelis are waking up and realizing, finally, we have a leader standing up saying, he's not the racist. The, the ones who forbid Jews from praying on the Temple Mount, those are the racists. The ones who support the two-state solution, which means expelling Jews from their homes and making the land of Judea and Samaria, Judenrein, empty of Jews, those are the racists, right? Finally, we have a, a leader standing up and saying the truth, putting the mirror up in front of everyone saying, oh my God, yeah, he's right. He's right. We're not the racists for wanting to defend ourselves from an enemy that wants to kill us and destroy the Jewish state of Israel. The ones who support our terror-supporting enemies, who support the two-state solution to destroy Israel, who support terrorists, in uh, Arab-Israeli terrorists who get away with crime, national crime, and make it harder for, the, for our police to even, to even protect Israeli citizens and, and the courts, uh, uh, blame, blame Jews for defending themselves and allow the the Arab Israeli, the Arab Muslim Israeli citizen criminals to get away with their crimes and be released from jail. No, they are the racists. They are the ones using race as a, as a function of making their decision of what's right or wrong. For us Jews to want to defend ourselves and stand up and defend the Jewish state of Israel and allow everyone to live peacefully 
and not feel like they're being discriminated against by the court system and by the police, and that our soldiers and police can't do what's necessary because they have to think about race before making decisions about what to do. Those are the racists. So the left are the racists. The, the, the terror-supporting Arab Muslims are the racists. The Jews who support the, the, the establishment of a two-state solution to expel Jews from their homes, and only Jews, those are the racists. All right, so that's what Itamar Ben-Grier is about. And Bitsalus Mutrich also, um, he's a strong right-wing leader. They're very much in tune uh, ideologically on many issues uh, and making changes to the judicial system to, again, equalize uh, the checks and balance, allow for the checks and balances between the three power structures, the judicial, legislative, and the uh, executive. Um, and the other thing is that people say, oh, Itamar Benver, he was an activist and he was an extremist, et cetera, et cetera. You're right. He once was when he was a teenager, but then he went to law school. This, was, this is what the press, the establishment media, even the Jewish establishment media and Israeli establishment media are not telling the public. He went to law school. He decided, I don't want to be an activist anymore. I want to, I want to help the Jewish state of Israel, I want to help Jews who are being discriminated against because they're Jews by using the law. And he is a very successful lawyer and stands up for cases to save Jewish land, to save Jews who are being discriminated against, who are being prosecuted because of a racism of the progressive society that the courts go against and the establishment goes against. He's a very successful lawyer and he finally decided, I don't want to just do it in the law, in, in the Supreme Court or in the courts anymore, helping Jews. I want to make the changes necessary at the national level by being a politician. And that is what Itamar Ben-Gvir is about. That's what the Zionist religious party, Basalis uh, Mutrich and uh, Itamar Ben-Gvir is about. And uh, the only way we have a strong right-wing government is on the one hand, we have a strong, big Likud, and we have a strong, big religious Zionist party, which in the polls is surprising. We're going to see what's going to happen. So now we come to voting for Abayit Yudi and Ayala Shekid. Um, and again, what I've told people is the following, because again, I know there are plenty of people, people I know personally, who they're right-wing supporters, they've voted for Bibi Netanyahu in the past, and the Likud in the past, and now they're just disappointed with Bibi for all the reasons I spoke about, but which I really believe is because um, uh, they're allowing the fake news about Bibi all these years to get to them. And even on the policy level, they're not looking at, wait a second, well, Bibi is still more right than everyone else, so even if I'm disappointed that he wasn't right enough, why am I going to vote for the other options who are even more left than Bibi? Um, so I really don't think they're looking and they're voting on policy. They're voting mostly based on the misinformation that they've been giving and things out of context that they've been given and, and, and believed in. So now, but for those people on the right who they're disappointed in Bibi, they don't want to vote Likud. And for whatever reasons, they don't want to vote for the Zionist religious party of Betzal Smutrich and, and Itamar Ben-Gvir. I say, vote for Ayala Chakeid. Give her, give, don't, vote for, don't vote for Lapid or Gantz. That's a vote you're giving to the left. And when the left gets into power, they are dangerous. The left knows how to use their power in government to destroy, to destroy the Jewish character of the state of Israel, to, to, to make Israel weaker on a, on a defense level, on a diplomatic level. The left knows how to get into power and use that power to destroy, right? Look at Joe Biden in America. Look at Obama in America. The left gets into power, they destroy. Then you need the right to come back into power and try to rebuild and uh, and 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 uh, make up uh, for the mistakes and the damage that the left did. So 
don't if you, you're unhappy with Bibi, you don't want to vote for the religious Zionist party, then vote for Shaked and let your vote maybe allow her to pass the threshold. Because hopefully, I do believe Ayala Shaked that she's only part of the right and she would only join a right wing coalition. At least give her a chance. Don't vote for Lapid or Gantz, which you're allowing the left to get into power and potentially do much more damage that we then have to uh, undo when we finally do get into power one day. What's going to happen? I have no clue, folks. I have no clue what's going to happen. Uh, the number, according to the polls, numbers are so are so close, it's impossible to say. So I'm not going to go out on a limb and tell you what's going to happen. Uh, I really do hope that uh, the right-wing parties get enough votes in order to have at least 61 seats. The right-wing religious parties, I mean, I didn't talk about the, the ultra-Orthodox parties, Shas and Yadu Torah, but that's not as... Uh, applicable to, to to my audience in terms of voting for those parties. Um, but I do hope there is over 61. If there is not over 61, there is going to be tremendous pressure for there to be a Likud, uh, uh, Lapid, Gantz type of center uh, government. Uh, Lapid and Gantz have basically said they don't want to sit with Netanyahu. Again, they've... They, they're feeding off of the of of the witch hunts, the legal witch hunts against Bibi, saying, "Oh, he's a corrupt politician. We can't sit with him." Even though, against again, the the, the court cases against Bibi are falling apart. They have no cases against him. It was a witch hunt, a thirty-year witch hunt. I mean, if Israelis would only see the the amount of money that the establishment has spent in trying to go after Bibi Netanyahu for over thirty years, over thirty years. I remember when he first became prime minister in nineteen ninety, the nineteen nineties, which exact year, nineteen ninety six, I think. I don't remember exactly. Nineteen ninety four. Whatever the year is, since then there's been immediately there's been a winch hunt, and this brings me to another point because people like to say, "Oh, during uh, the right wing Netanyahu government, there was always scandals, always scandals, always corruption." And now, for the past year and a half, a, a, a Naftali Bennett Yair Lapid government, it was so good, no scandals, no corruption. The government was going fine. That's the type of government I want. And people don't realize the impact the media has on them. The media has brainwashed us. The media is a political tool, the establishment media. Because when Netanyahu was in government, when he was the prime minister, every day the media was looking for stories to make Netanyahu and the right-wing parties in government look bad. So the media was always creating uh, mountains out of molehills and even mountains out of nothing. All the corruption scandals every day, another corruption scandal. All every day, another story about uh, Netanyahu's wife. Every every day, another story, a, a bad, bad, bad press for Netanyahu, bad press for his wife, bad press about this, bad press about that. That's what the media focused on. So to the public, it looks like, oh my God, there's always a scandal because the media wanted to bring him down. And then when Naftali Bennett and Yair Lapid were alternate prime ministers, no scandals. No, hardly any news about the bad things that they were doing or the questionable things they were doing. Yair Lapid appointed like he was against government corruption, right? His own sister-in-law was appointed to a top position, all right? The media was silent until they, finally there was, there, there was some exposure about it, and finally there was pressure, and, he had to, and his sister-in-law resigned from the position. But the established media were silent about it. If that was Bibi Netanyahu, uh, his uh, relative getting a high appointment, the media would be all on top of it. So people do not understand the impact the media has. And the media has an agenda. The left, anti-Jewish state, uh, establishment media, which exists both in the Israel, Israel Hebrew press and the Israel 
English press. I'm sorry, if you read the Jewish, the, the, the Jerusalem Post, or if you read uh, Times of Israel, they are very anti-Jewish state of Israel. In their own ways, they make it sound good. All, we're all for, they're, all, they're all progressives, but ultimately supporting Ram in the part in the government. Just think of this. All of the articles today in the Jerusalem Post and Times of Israel are bashing Itamar Ben-Gvir and the religious Zionist party and saying that they can't be part of any coalition. They're horrible, they're racist, they're terror supporters, etc. Okay, now on the other hand, those two papers never, never talk about how the Muslim Brotherhood Party has been part of the government. They support terror. They support the destruction of the Jewish state of Israel. In Arab countries around the Middle East, the Muslim Brotherhood is forbidden from taking part in politics. And yet in the Jewish state of Israel, it's allowed? We have to, we have to be jealous of the Arab Muslim countries that they know that the Muslim Brotherhood, even in Arab Muslim countries, is a destructive stealth force trying to destroy their countries from within. And Israel's, Israel allows it. And yet in the Jerusalem Post and the editorial line and Times of Israel editorial line and all the other major Jewish Israel uh, papers in the Jewish establishment media, they are silent about a party that supports the ultimate destruction of the Jewish state of Israel, not only sitting in Israel's parliament, but being part of the government, thinking that's normal and we should, want, we should be happy normalizing that. And yet they spend all of their articles every single day bashing the Jews of the religious Zionist party. Like there is no nuance anymore. It's total agenda. People are being brainwashed by total agenda. Media is not objective, is, is not objectable anymore. It's total propaganda, total brainwashing. So people have to realize how much they're being impacted by the media. What's going to be? I don't know what's going to be. I pray and I hope that we're going to have enough of the parties on the right uh, Likud to the right, together with the religious parties, to set up a strong right-wing coalition. Uh, I hope Bibi Netanyahu does not reach out to Lapid or Gantz. I believe if he does reach out, which he probably will, I hope they say no, which will push him to have to set up a right-wing government just with the religious right-wing parties. I hope and pray that's what happens. Um, if it doesn't happen and we, we're left with Mayor Lapid as prime minister or the left in power for however long, we're going to suffer. We're going to suffer, but I do believe in the end, Jewish, it's, we're part of a wake-up process all over the world. We're part of the wake-up process in many different ways. It's for a different uh, video and people have to suffer in order to wake up. I hope our suffering is over. I doubt it, uh, but we'll see. We'll see what happens. And I hope and pray that, that that's what happens. And regardless, even if what I want doesn't happen. I know God's in charge. I know that everything's going to be for the best. We might have to suffer. We might have to go through bad things. We might have to protest bad policies. Um, but God's in charge. And ultimately, we have to place our, our faith in God and stop placing our faith in politicians. Politicians are, are human. Politicians, whether they make mistakes or whether they're bribable or whether they have bad intentions uh, and they say one thing and they actually intend something else, humans are humans. Politicians are humans, and they're fallible. Only God is perfect. We should only put our, our trust in the one above. So once again, thank you, Hashem. Thank you, God, for everything. I hope this helps give you more information to understand the lay of the land of the, of the parties and the potential of voting and the policies, and I hope people vote for policy. And again, you believe in what Lapid or Gantz stand for? Vote for them. But if you're a right-winger and you are against the policies of Lapid or Gantz, 
then don't vote for them. Hold your nose and either vote for Likud and Bibi Netanyahu or give your vote to Shaked if you're not going to vote for the religious Zionist party. But me, if you're listening to me, I want a strong right-wing party, either vote for Likud or the religious Zionist party of Bitsal Smutrich and Itamar Ben-Vir. I am out of here. Thank you so much. Signing off from the eternal and ancestral homes of the Jewish people, the land of Israel in our eternal and indivisible capital, Jerusalem, since King David's time. Thanks so much for watching another episode of Pulse of Israel. Shalom. Pulse of Israel, frontline videos from the Holy Land. Support our work by donating today.